Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, and today we have our very special guest, Pam Chand. Now, Pam is a very expert in the area of matchmaking. I thought it'd be great today to have a UK matchmaker on that's got a slight difference to her business, which we'll discuss a bit later on. We're going to go into talking about men are bad and women are hard work. (laughs) So make of that what you will, and we'll see what comes up in the conversation. So first of all, though, let me welcome my very special guest, Pam. Good morning. Morning, Lynn. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Uh, You did tell me a little bit off there that you've not been well this week, so I hope you're going to uh, survive the episode. (laughs) We'll see. I've not been well with the virus there, but we'll see. I'm sure I'll be fine. Excellent. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, especially if you're not feeling 100%. So, Pam, uh, tell me and our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, what actually led to you being in the industry before we get stuck into the the meat of the conversation, so to speak? So I'm actually an Indian Sikh origin. So um, as people may know, in the Indian origin, their matchmaking has been going on for over 2,000 years. So um, my father, even though he was into property, he also was a big figure in the community and he spent most of his life, even up until the age of 75, matching people. So he would have matched over 100 people. So I spent my youth actually going with him to meetings where people were matched and people used to come to our house Um, so I watched him do this and you know when I was about 10 or 11 years old I kind of fell in love with the idea of love which I know is very idealistic but I loved the notion of the fact my dad was creating families and creating people to love each other so it was something at that young age was really impressionable for me and it stuck with me so I kind of carried it on in my life. I was always bringing people together. Um, never really thought about it as a career until I, I recently did, until I, when I was the age of 48 and my dad passed away. And that's when I started thinking a little bit about his life and what it stood for and what he stood for. And, you know, all those memories of him doing that and bringing people together all kind of flooded back in. And they resonated with me in the sense that, you know, I have truly been a believer of love and connection. So um, I kind of accidentally fell into the industry, you know, when my cousins were, parents were asking me if I knew people to to match them with. And I thought, well, this would be quite interesting to do it as a career. But I didn't want to be the traditional matchmaker um, because I thought that was dated now. And I fell upon the institution of matchmakers and I qualified and became a certified matchmaker. And And that's where it really began. It was just literally a a conversation with my cousins. And I just sort of said, well, maybe I should become a matchmaker. And three years down the road, here I am. Excellent. That's a great story. So um, what do you think is specifically your unique selling point, so to speak? What what makes your matchmaking different from other people's? 
And, you know, what we do, I mean, in the industry is a lot about dating. Um, and we, when I've been in the industry for three years now, what I realise is that, you know, we were creating dates for people, but they weren't having sustainable relationships. And a lot of the time, the people, when they came to me, they wanted to find a partner to kind of fill a gap in their life. So, we, you know, with conversations, speaking to people, I realised that there was a need for possibly people understanding um, themselves and why they wanted a partner uh, and the reasons behind that and also the benefits of having a partner was more important than I want to get married or I need to find a partner. So we started exploring um, what wasn't working in the singles industry, what wasn't working for people. And exploring that, um, we found um, that there was, the coaching programs we set out were really benefiting people. So 80% of the people that actually go through our coaching programs found um, partners themselves. So we're different in the sense that, you know, it is about sustaining, um, creating a sustainable relationship, but also we're different in the sense we really do work holistically with a person rather than just find them a match. Um, so I think that's what it is for us. Excellent. I, I absolutely love what you're doing because I do feel that, like you say, it's all about the inner work that actually attracts, you know, the healthy, fulfilling relationship on the back of that rather than, you know, let's put you with these people and have go on a date without actually doing the work first. It might, it might mean that you might end up with uh, maybe a short-term relationship, but it isn't going to resolve any issues or problems that you might be taking into that relationship in order to make it a, a lasting long-term relationship, is it? No, and you know, I think that's a good point that you made. I mean, last 18 months, our programs have been run, running, and what I really felt passionate about is that I, I originally had some really toxic relationships in my life. And um, what I realized, if I had had coaching at the age of 22, 23, and resolved the issues in myself, and became in, and came to a place of neutralism in, in, in myself, that means not being impacted by my past, I think I wouldn't have had those toxic relationships. I think I would have actually gone for somebody with the same, similar kind of energy to myself. So with our coaching, it really is about being um, at one with yourself first before you even think about finding a partner. Um, and I think that's what's been so successful. People have really, I mean, we say all the time, you've got to love yourself, but what does that really mean? Yeah. What does that mean? You've got to love yourself, you know? I mean, it's great. Loving yourself is making sure you look after health, but what about the inner work, the inner love that we deeply sometimes don't have because of our past experiences? That is important to, to get to a neutral place before you think about getting a partner because you're going to attract like for like. That's just a, that's just a law of the universe. I so, agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And don't we have a habit then if we've not done that inner work or not been aware that, uh, you know, there is inner work to be done. Isn't it true that we tend to attract the same person but in a different form <laughs> each time and wonder why that is? I think it's a bit like Groundhog Day. I think yeah. what we do, when we have gone through experiences in life, which we all do because everyone has some sort of experience from the past, good or bad, we've all got experiences. When we go through that, we kind of 
that it becomes like a signature for our life and we create that subconsciously without knowing over and over again. So, you know, to break out that grand hog date, you want to call it, or grand hog life, we, we need to, to transform that. Um, and, and change that, that energy and that signature to something that's more positive and meaningful and more still for our lives right now rather than living in that past. I think you could end up with another <laughs> great um, marketing line there. I love what you said about it being a groundhog date. <laughs> Um, I, I, do you know what? I say that to people all the time. You're constantly living this and it's not, it's not working for you. So, so, you know, when people come to me, going back to the title, I get so many people saying to me, you know, there's no good men out there, you know, and, and that's, I would say eight out of 10 women I meet, that's, that's the conversation I have, that I can't meet good men. Where are they? Are they all married? And, you know, my answer to that is no, they're not. There's loads of good men out there. We meet them all the time. And, you know, and what I say to women and the conversation goes from matchmaking to, you know, what is your belief system? You know, where has this belief system come that all men are bad? You know, and, and the conversation obviously gets very deeper. And then we go into, you know, the parents' relationship, you know, the peers, the where, where they've been growing up, you know, what happened to them, you know. I mean, it could be a simple thing like, for example, they were rejected from, you know, age of 12, 13 years old by a boy and that had such an impact on their um, perspective of love that they've carried it through. So we, we have these conversations to understand that that's not the case. Men are not bad. Um, so, so yeah, it's a very strong, strong subject and, you know, they live that groundhog date all the time. So yeah, maybe that is my sign new signature for, for dating. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's great. I think that's, yeah, we've hit on something there. So, yeah. um, yeah, we were going to get into the conversation more around this perception that, you know, when women come to us, they are in some form or another giving out that message that you just said men are bad and, and when men come to us for help and support you know they they are giving us that consistent message that women are hard work so what well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally so what, what would be you let's let's look at the you just touched on it a bit earlier on but let's delve into this a little bit more when when you have a typical client come to you pam um you know around that it's just generalized that the the message is men are bad although it doesn't always come out about in that sort of you know those yeah. key words so to speak it could come about in that you know there's no good men out there would be saying the same thing wouldn't it yeah i mean you know when women do come to me it really is you know like i said it's it's already set in their psyche so that's the kind of men they're attracting and you know and i think when we talked about self-love I think a lot of the times, um, you know, we're talking about men and women, right? So we're talking about our inner love for ourselves, our inner understanding of a place of stillness. You know, if we don't have that, then, then you know, we believe that the person outside is the one who's perpetuating all the pain. You know, it's all their fault, you know, mm -hmm. and they're attracting that kind of person because they don't feel that for themselves. They don't feel that peace and love for themselves. So constantly, you know, Groundhog, again, I use that word again, we, 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 we attract that part, partner to us. We attract that kind of person. And I'm sure it's a very small percentage, but also, you know, 
you, you, when we share as women, as men, you know, we share our stories. When do we share the good stories? Yeah, that's you know, true. Yeah. yeah. No, and there's no need, if you're listening to this and can recognise yourself, there's no need to beat yourself up because no. we, uh, you know, have, have all been on this sort of education of awareness. So don't think, oh, my God, I've just realised, you know, that I've been instrumental in creating the same crappy relationships that keep, keep showing up in my life. We've, I'm sure Pam can relate. I can certainly relate, you know. Uh, so don't beat yourself up at about any mistakes you're not alone in this this is why we're here this is why we're giving this advice and uh, creating this awareness movement i think that's so important that you said it, it, beating yourself up is not going to do nothing and you know i've been there you've been there and lots of our fellow fellow people would have been there and you know it's it's about just having a look at your past and saying right okay well let me transform that let me change that let me do something different let me work on myself and see you know what i can create now in my life i know it's so easy for me to say this because i've been on the journey but i also was on the other side you know i had very i had lonely days when i was on my own i was a single mom and you know I, and i can really honestly say there were weekends when i literally i know it sounds very strange i would look out the window and watch the world go by and you know and and, and i would have men in my life that just used me so mm -hmm. I've been, I really have been there and you know it, it, it is about transforming that and it is about creating something new for yourself and um recognizing what's just happened it's just it's just something that's just happened absolutely so when you think um about giving the advice around you know doing the work within it's about self-love you know that, that that's a big deal for a, a lot of people whether they're men or women to, to actually think about well where does that start what advice do you actually give around that Pam? you know well you know I, I can say that i had a client yesterday and we had a conversation about how um she's she was she's young she's 30 31 years old and she says she's seen a lot of men and she just hasn't found the one that she had connection to so we talked a lot about you know what's been going on for her and you know when we when we spoke about how she felt about herself I mean she said she wasn't deserving of a good relationship she wasn't deserving of a person in her life to share her life oh. so we about, yeah and we talked about what she felt within herself and, and the answers she kind of had is that I really don't think I'm good enough and I think you know the advice I give to people then is just just in that moment for her to actually for that moment just to feel what that's what that's been like and how that's impacted herself that's what i said to her what has that been like for you and how has it impacted you and there was just a moment of quietness and that said it all to me that she actually really felt it so my advice to her was to just be with that and just see how it's impacted your life and a lot of the times i get clients to write down um a five-year letter and it's very very powerful for people and when I leave them with that letter, they, they come back and they say to me, wow, you know what? I just realized if I projected my life five years ahead and carried on feeling the feeling I'm feeling now, where would my life be? But if I transform that, um, my life looks like it's going to be so different. So the advice I did give to people is be with that feeling, you know, and just say, right, well, do I still want to be there? Mm. Is that what I choose, to, you know, for my life? And it's okay to feel that temporarily, isn't it? But then be aware of that and, and, you know, take the steps to then, you know what, decide to let it go. See, that's a really good point because sometimes, you know, we can sit and, you know, really dive into feelings. But what we've got to remember is 
as time is, every second is ticking away. So every second is a new moment in our life. So when people, you know, sit with these kind of feelings, we've got to remember these feelings are not permanent ever. Nothing's permanent. Everything is moving. So, you know, when you move from that feeling, you know, a new feeling will arise. And, you know, it's then we choose what kind of, you know, thought we want behind that feeling. What do we want to do with that feeling? And then we have a choice. There's an opening for us to have a choice to do something different. Yeah. So the advice about loving yourself, you know, it's, it's a really, it's a small step journey to start very slowly because it can feel very alien to actually start loving yourself. Mm. Uh, And it can feel, you can, you can feel feelings in your body of anxiety when you think of that thought sometimes. So, you know, it's, it's something that's going to be different and different always isn't necessarily easy, Mm. but it can. But once you start keeping doing it, when you, when you take the little tiny steps of doing little tiny things that create that love feeling. And that could be just one single for myself. And I have a, not a great relationship with food. But for myself, it could be eating one healthy meal in a week. That's how I started off. And yeah. now, now I eat you know, two healthy meals a day. So that's how I started off. So that's me loving myself. Because food is my kryptonite. So, you know, that, very, very small, tiny steps, but really looking at um, what is it, what's there for you first is very important. I agree. You know what? And a tiny step might not seem, you know, um, a very big deal in terms of making a huge change. But believe it or not, if you think about a destination or a journey, if a pilot's flying a plane and he goes one degree off course, he'll end up in a totally different country. So just imagine the impact, you know, that small little step could make for you today. That's, that's huge. It's a great analogy. Absolutely. It's just one step at a time. And I think a lot of the time what we do, we think, right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to create this and I'm going to be here and I'm going to do that. But we, what we do, we set ourselves to fail. Mm. Except, you know, it's important to have a why and a vision of where you want to be an objective. But the tiny, really small, what we call the micro little tiny micro goals are the ones that are going to get us there. And, and, it's, and that's where people kind of fall off because they don't set the tiny micro goals for every single day. And that's what's really important. So loving yourself is, is a journey. It's not, a, you know, it's not a one-stop destination. It's a lifetime journey, I believe. Absolutely. And like I just said, you know, it's so important to just think about making what's that small, small key step that's going to start you off on that different course, because that could literally take you to a whole new, brighter, fantastic, huge, happy destination. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I know your, your story and I know my story. There's all there's a big possibility for everybody to create that for themselves. You know, I've done that. I've gone from, you know, being a single mom who, didn't, who couldn't buy, buy bread at one time, you know, to now owning two businesses, you know, and having a, a lovely life that I worked really hard for, but it has been work on myself rather than work externally, not just, yeah. sorry, not just work externally. It's been both. And I think that's really important. That's a key. People think success is about external, but it's yes. not. It's it's a, it's a big internal journey. And when I'm talking about success, I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about everything. You know, what success is very personal to people. Yeah, and it, it means something different to everybody. And I, I personally recently read 
you know, that um, once you have done the inner work, actual wealth or materialism just adds nothing much extra to your overall well-being and happiness. Absolutely. And that's, and you know, in the perception of the world we live in now, it is all about, you know, materialism. Um, but we're going through a wave. I think we're going through a change. And, you know, people are understanding that inner wealth is far more greater than external wealth. Obviously, we need money to survive. We need things to survive. You know, but like you just said, it is exactly that. I 100% agree. So um, when do you deal very much with men in your matchmaking industry? Or is it mainly women that you tend to attract, Pam? I mean, when you've um, mentioned, you know, that this, this title... Uh, men are bad and women are hard work have you been on the receiving end of men consistently saying women are hard work to you yes so so the way we work we take on the men and we find the women that's how we work right um, the ratios are um it's easier to take on the men and then find the women because there's generally for and, and i quote unquote for relationship ready men there's a lot more women yes you know, so so that's a. I know it's a quote, and it's it's it, it is, and we found it's just an easier way for us to work. Um, you know, we we have what for one man. There's quite a few women that um, are ready to date, and that's because he's he's ready, he's relationship ready. He wants to settle down. So once we found those men, you know, we we hunt for them and we find them, and at times we coach them even uh, to get them to a place where. You know, I think, and they think both that they're really ready for a relationship. And, and what I have found with the men that do come a, come to us, I think, you know, the dynamics of what the um, the way women are now compared to what they used to be like is very different. You know, women don't need men anymore in the sense that they don't need men to provide for them anymore. They're independent. They can go on holiday with their friends. So it's a different kind of dynamic. Dynamic, yes. and I think. Men have come to me and they have said to me, Pam, you know, women are such hard work. It feels like we, I can't do enough for them. It feels like I'm not doing enough for them. You know, um, the other kind of things they'll say is that their, their expectations are, are too high for me. You know, they want to make sure that I'm earning so much money and, you know, I've got to be of a higher status than them. Um, so, you know, they're having a, ch- a challenging time as well. So, you know, the advice, you know, when we talk to them and the advice I give to them, that they've got to be who they are. You know, they've got to, they've got to remain who they are. But also we've got to understand that men and women deal with things differently. Mm, absolutely. You know, and that's a really key point. And, you know, when I ask him, what does, what does, what does he, he think, how does he see women are hard? What does he, what does he take from that meaning? You know, what does he mean by that? How does that resonate with him? You know, what's going on for him? Again, it's like breaking down that sentence and working out what that means for him is really important. I mean, it, it could mean that he hates nagging, what he calls nagging. Women don't call it nagging. Women call it just let, let's get things done. So, you know, it's getting him to understand what that language means to him and where does it come from again. So I go back into, you know, what is it? What is that? I delve into it. And some people might say, God, Pam, you're so deep. You know, why do you have to go into it so much? But, you know, it's about me making sure that, that my clients get, you know, 
a full understanding of themselves and the relationship they're attracting. So it's really, really important to me that they have that, they have that understanding. So once they've understood and we understand scientifically, you know, we're just different the way we communicate. For example, I can give you an example on a date. How many words do you think a woman says in a day and a man says in a day? I'll ask that question to you. Oh, I should think a woman says probably four or five times more. <laughs> a lot more. So, you know, and there's a, there's a point to this. So a woman generally speaks around about 20,000 words in a day and a man speaks about 7,000 words. Right. So, yeah. So when I, when I speak to, to men, I get them to understand that when a woman is speaking, it's not necessarily having a go. It's something she just needs to biologically just do. You know, she just needs to let that out. And, if, and I say to the woman, if a man just sitting there quietly and he doesn't want to talk, that's just his way of being. He doesn't need to say much. No. So just, yeah. So just getting people to understand that and then for him to understand that when a woman's like so, so, so supposedly being hard and difficult, it's because she just needs to talk. Yeah. And sometimes we just need to, you know, explain or vent. Uh, and quite often men misinterpret that because they just think that when we speak, because they're fixers, that yeah. we need solutions. And we don't necessarily need a solution. We just need to be heard. No. And I think, I think that's what's missing. People are not understanding how we function differently. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that's where, you know, and also women, you know, being so strong now, I mean, men are just as strong, but in different ways. We're both strong in very different ways. We both have really strong energies, male energy, female energy. We have different energies for different things. So, and, and, and there's, a, I think there's not enough information about that. No, there's not. You know, that, that's my big thing that I'm educating people about. And, and obviously, you know, men are, and women are very different in the way they think, the way they behave. Um, and you know the way they receive and obviously physically the way we look um, and quite often unfortunately we get stuck in our own heads that you know hu human beings are all the same and we're, we're definitely not so the way that we speak to our girlfriends and how they receive it is not the same as you know a man would no, it, it really isn't and you know I, I continuously educate people on this um, and, and what I will say that is it's educating people on this and, and especially when they're going on dates we have conversations with them before the date a debrief of do's and don'ts and just generally uh, like I'm talking now it's just telling them you know when he building rapport is another thing women build rapport and emotion men build rapport and talking about themselves it's just the way it is so if somebody comes back to you all he did was talk about himself for god's sake but see, that's just the way <laughs> It's just the way men are built. They like to talk about themselves. So can you imagine them with their fellow fellow men? You know, a lot of the time they talk about what they have, what they do, so those kind of things. When we talk about with our girlfriends, we talk about how our day's been, you know, how emotionally we might be upset or, you know, it's not working. You know, it's a different conversation. So it's just about understanding the opposite sex and saying, well, okay, if that's how he builds rapport, that's how he builds rapport. Exactly. And sometimes, you know what? Men um, and women, if you get this understanding, um, you then decide who you're going to share those conversations with because, you know, you, you know for a fact that probably, like you say, um, you know, personal stuff um, uh, and probably from a, you know, a need to vent probably might be, it might be appropriate to share with your partner, but sometimes you might have to think, you know what, if I want to really 
girlfriendy type response, then maybe I need to source out a girlfriend to share this with rather than my partner because he's not going to be as receptive or, you know, give me the <laughs> girlfriend response that I'm looking for. I think that's such an important point you made, Lynn. And I think, you know, it's really healthy to have um, being in a relationship, but also to have, you know, the same sex um, friendships. Yes. Just, just to get an understanding, like you said, you know, sometimes we just want to rent off to our girlfriends and the guys just need to go out and do whatever they do, you know, run around, play football, whatever they do, or have conversations, just, just meaningless as we would call them meaningless conversations and I think that's really important for them to just be just offload very important for the psyche so yeah. it's, a, it's a good point you've made there and I don't think we women when we're so busy in the house doing whatever we do working we you know we don't have that space to go and do that at times um and, and men also you know I'm talking about my husband you know sometimes he really does just needs me to shut up really <laughs> to be honest <laughs> Yeah. Oh, in other words, go and find a girlfriend to talk to yeah, about exactly. this. <laughs> exactly. I just want to sit there and watch a cricket for 10 hours in the day, you know, and, and I've learned, I mean, I've been with him for 18 years now. I've learned that that's not personal to me. It's just his switch off time. He needs it. You know, uh, whereas in, earlier in my relationship, I took it very personal. I was like, you don't want to be with me. Why don't you want to be with me? Yes. Yeah, I can relate. And you know what, men just also need downtime as well. Um, you know, if they've, if they've got a job and, and you probably want him to do a few jobs when he gets back home from work, whether that's household chores or whatever it might be, um, you know, give him that downtime from work for about half an hour because men just need to switch off, whether it's reading the newspaper, watching the news or whatever for about, you know, 30 minutes before they're ready then to sort of um, recharge their batteries, in other words. To, to then think about, you know, probably helping you out or whatever it is you might need them to do. Yeah, and, you know, and I think, you know, we all fall in the trap sometimes. And, that, okay, that's, a, I mean, if, if, if a woman's been at home all day for whatever reason and she's been at home, obviously she's desperate to have a conversation as soon as he walks in the door. So she'll have whatever conversation she needs to have, uh, whether it be, oh, this needs to be, needs to be fixed. But that's where we took, go back to be having healthy relationships and having girlfriends uh, or male friends even, just to have conversations with, you know. Mm. It's important, it's, it's important to, to have that for healthy relationships, for stop per se in any part of your life. Yeah, and that's why I, I love sharing these conversations with our audience, because we can get so many different views and perspectives and give out such a lot of um, great advice and ideas for, for men and women to think about and work on within themselves or within their current relationships yeah i mean i think it's a great what you're doing i think it's so important to get that message out there that you know we do function differently and you know that that you know it's an understanding of the opposite sex how much do we really do that and when people come to me and say i want male or female i want this and the other opposite sex i ask them you know have you got those things in yourself are you there yourself if you want this 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 are you that person what kind of person are you being to attract that kind of person in your life? And they're really important conversations to have with ourselves more so. Yeah, I understand. And uh, yeah, it's so important to get this information out and, and get people to really look at themselves. And if they are in a, in a healthy relationship or unfulfilling relationship or they are attracting those, then I'm sorry to say that, you know, you're equally responsible for attracting those relationships, but it's not your fault. It's because... You haven't been given the education to make things different. And, 
yeah, and, and absolutely. And responsibility is a real key word, I'd say. Um, blame and responsibility are two words we talk a lot about and I talk a lot about with my clients. And, you know, uh, yes, your conditioning might have got, your conditioning from the past might have got you where you are in every aspect of your life, whether that be in not in good relationship or the job that you're in. You know, it's a conditioning that you've been built up with. But, you know, we have a responsibility now to choose the kind of life we want going forward. You know, it's, it's very well. Blame is great. Blame is great because it takes all that responsibility away from us and then we can carry on blaming somebody for the rest of our life. That just builds resentment. And then we end up one day thinking, actually, I realised I did have a choice to change that if I wanted to. It's very disempowering, isn't it, Blame? Very disempowering. justifying to yourself why you've done things. That's disempowering as well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we, we, we can do that. But like you said, it's disempowering. But taking, you know, responsibility is probably not a great word because people associate responsibility with burden. You know, I suppose it's accountability to yourself. I think I think accountability. But, you know, I use the word responsibility, too. And I just see my my clients and even my family and my children, their reactions to me when I say that word. It's like, <gasps> you know, really. And but, you know, accountability for what you really want. That's what it boils down to. What do you really want? Be accountable for what you want. Go and create what you want. You yeah, know? It's possible. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I say that all the time. We had a last program and somebody was saying to me, oh, you won't get the testimonials of people because it's kind of, you know, people don't really want to talk about their coaching journeys. And I actually stood there and said to the person, I'm creating that 50% of those people are going to give me testimonials. And we actually got about 75%. Wow, excellent. Well done, Pam. Which we share, which we share on our, on our Insta and our Facebook. We share those testimonials from people and what they've got out of their lives from going and getting coaching. And, you know, what they, how they, it's coaching. Like if people come to me for coaching at present, but just for singles and getting into relationship. But really coaching impacts you. If you consider yourself to be the universe, and every, everything around you is your world. Now, if you transform your own universe, your world around you transforms too. So when people come to us for coaching, what happens is that they're transforming themselves. They're changing their relationship with their family, their parents, their children, their colleagues. It's impacting their work. So it really transforms their whole universe. It's just such a powerful thing to do for ourselves. Definitely. Well, on that note, Pam, just because I know that uh, we're, we're coming up to um, the end of the episode, I really want to give you the opportunity to share how people can get in touch with you and what would be a great contact email or web address or social media uh, link that uh, people can connect with you on. Well, our company is called Grandeur and Love. And the reason why I chose that name, Grandeur means exceptional, huge, massive and love and the way I saw love as always being it's bigger than just those four letters it's a lot bigger and love comes in many different shapes and forms if we're talking about personal relationship you know your love evolves so that's our company name it's grandeur and love and the best email people can contact me on is www. um um sorry that's the website, www.grandeurandlove.com. And my email is pam at grandeurandlove.com. So I, I'd be delighted to, to um, even people telling me some of their stories, you know, what they've gone through. It's just, it's just fascinating to see how we really are very similar in the kind of things we go through. Definitely. And do you know what? As experts in our industry, we learn 
so much from our clients as much, you know, as much, if not more, you know, uh, than they learn from us. <laughs> yeah, we're always growing with them. That's what I say to people. Definitely. You know, we, we can always um, learn something that's going to create a better distinction or, you know, a better share for the next person that comes along. So thank you for sharing that information, Pam. I shall make sure that and those con other contact details get put in our show notes so that if uh, people didn't catch what you just said, they'll be available in the show notes for people to access. Lynn, I just want to thank you so much for creating this opportunity for not just myself, but all the people that come and actually talk on your podcast. Thank you so much for creating that and helping us make a difference in the world. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Well, thank you so much, Pam. And, uh, to you, the audience, for listening and for sharing your time with us. I'm sure you've got some valuable insights out of what we've shared today. I know I certainly have and thoroughly enjoyed it. Yes, so on that you. note, uh, thank you, Pam, again. Thank you all. Thank you all for listening. And remember, true love starts with opening our hearts. Yeah, wonderful. Until next time, goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.